0: Welcome to what's up with Defuse and Cat, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything having to do with relationships. I'm Defuse
1: and I'm Cat, and it's early Saturday morning, so we're a little tired, but we want to get this out there before we start the day.
0: Absolutely, we are, We do have cocktails,
1: yeah, to yeah. Ease the, ease the hangover from last night. Yeah, true. We hope you guys had a good Friday, and today we're going to be talking about consensual non-monogamy. A big word, but we're going to try to break it down for you and make you understand or help We're going to
0: force you to understand.
1: <laughs> that wouldn't be consensual.
0: We will put you in a headlock gonna... and make you understand.
1: Is like, that consenting, though?
0: Uh No, just as far as on the air, audio-wise.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, if we could do that, we would be subjugating you audioly. Anyway. So what is consensual non-monogamy, you ask? That's a good question. It is. So consensual non-monogamy is essentially not the opposite. It would be the opposite of, of monogamy. So any relationship where you're in a monogamous relationship, it's two people, you and your partner, and consensual non-monogamy was, would be an agreed upon stepping out of that primary relationship and having a relationship with one other person or maybe multiple relationships. Um, It's actually a great alternative to cheating. They estimate that like half of all relationships end in divorce and one of the primary causes of that divorce is going to be cheating. So it's a good way to nurture your main relationship and, you know, spice it up a little
0: i yeah i I read an article and I thought it was really interesting um and I think it was on l a times uh which basically said that it it energized their relationship so that um I guess there's two different things like we were we're going to talk about later, intimacy and love and then but just also just having someone else there that's not really a love partner.
1: Just like a, se- a a sex partner,
0: yes, exactly, and that it actually energized their relationship.
1: It made the primary relationship stronger. Yes, and above all things, it's an honest way of having more than one flavor in your life.
0: Yes, because like you said, I mean the divorce rate is above fifty percent. It definitely is, and that's because you know let's face it I and. Mean, If you've been together for five, ten years, whatever, you're going to want a different flavor, but it doesn't mean that you don't absolutely love your partner.
1: Right, right. I mean, sex gets boring after a while, so this is why some people might choose to be in an open relationship.
0: Yep. Polyamorous. All right, so... um,
1: Is there, like, just one way to do an open relationship?
0: Well, um, open relationships... um, It's an umbrella. It's an umbrella term for consensually non-monogamous relationships. Uh, Couples are open to sexual contact with others.
1: That's where the open comes from. Got it.
0: Yes. And, you know, really the most common form of open relationship is that um, if if you're married or a long-term couple that takes on a third, sometimes a fourth or fifth. Partner, who is involvement and role in the relationship is always secondary.
1: So the main couple is the primary relationship, and the third person would be the secondary relationship, right? Yes. Okay. I,
0: I haven't done this before, by the way. No, me either. So okay.
1: I mean, I've cheated, but I've never. When I was like twenty years ago, but it was a one-time thing. I'm so sorry, Kyle. <laughs>
0: Kyle, I feel for you, buddy?
1: We were 19.
0: Yeah, sorry about that.
1: I am. Sorry you walked in on me having sex with your friend. I would never do that now.
0: Yeah, I'm actually just sorry that you, you know, dated Kat.
1: Yeah, for that, too. At that time in my life, you mean, though, right? Not now. Yes, yeah. not, not now. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, of course. Um, So, like, what exactly... So, a couple practicing... An open relationship might engage with the same partner or have different partners, right? Is that what they?
0: Yeah, that's the idea. Threesome. Uh,
1: have you ever done that?
0: Uh, threesome? I've had a couple, but they weren't really hot. They were with, you know. I, I you don't don't know. know.
1: Go ahead. It was with
0: Most. it was with another guy and just a girl, and it's just not hot. It's not a not that's a thing.
1: Always surprises me. That you that has to be on your bucket list, then.
0: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Two That's girls our, That is definitely on my bucket list.
1: Yeah. Okay, so um, if you're thinking that maybe you might be interested in opening up your relationship, here are a few questions you might ask yourself to help you decide if this is right for you. Do you want to go to the questions?
0: Yeah, let's go over that. Yeah. Do you want me to start? You start. Okay. Okay. I am
1: <clears throat> It's the morning, remember?
0: It's yeah. the morning and I have uh just a bit of a frog in my throat. Literally today. Yeah, literally. I literally swallowed a frog. <laughs> yes. to it catch was a the spider. It was a crazy night last night.
1: I don't know why he saw it swallowed the spider. I, I guess he'll die. You know that song.
0: I forgot that
1: it one. It was an old lady who swallowed a f- mouse. She swallowed the mouse to catch the fly. That she swallowed the fly to catch the spider. Inside her, I guess she'll die. Oh my
0: God! I you remember that whole I thing. I
1: digress. I don't think that's exactly how it got. All
0: yeah. right. So, question number one: You actually want an open relationship? Is having multiple sexual and or romantic partners at the same time something that sounds at least mildly exciting or beneficial? The answer is, if the answer is a no, then open relationships don't have much to bring to your life.
1: Does it sound exciting or beneficial to you?
0: Uh, to me? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, like I, I mentioned before, that's, I think that's one of those things where what are you going to do? Have the same partner for 5, 10, 20 years or just go cheat and don't tell him?
1: Exciting. <clears throat> it definitely sounds exciting.
0: It does. I would say that.
1: Yeah. Number two, are you an enthusiastic sex and relationship communicator? There are a lot. There's a lot of talking about sex and relationship stuff in open relationships that doesn't often happen in monogamous relationships. You need to talk to establish what you want. Wait, sorry. You need to talk to establish you, you what you want to be open. So you need to talk to your partner. You need to communicate, which I think is... Communication and the breakdown of it is the primary cause of the dis- dissolution of all relationships, I think. When communication goes awry or miscommunication occurs in any relationship. Friendships or romantic is when it usually ends or breaks down. So you need to communicate to determine your needs and your partner's needs and limitations, to decide on the specific rules and agreements, to check in with each other on a regular basis, to see how everything's working out, to occasionally change the rules, to deal with unexpected events, conflict, jealousy, anger, If these topics make you uncomfortable or if you don't have a very good communication and listening skills, trying to have an open relationship will seem like way too much work to be worth it and put your partner at risk for emotional hurt. I agree.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, and that's a complicated thing. So I I would imagine a lot of people uh, think, okay, so I, uh, as far as, When you think, okay, yeah, I'm going to go and just, like, bang out some chicks and cheat or do whatever. Or, you know, I will, you know, get this this sounds
1: awesome. I'm totally going to be able to fuck more chicks than one at a time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. Maybe get my dick every day. The bottom line is is that it doesn't work that way, I don't imagine, uh, because... You have to, it's more, it's actually more work. It's more communication and you, it, the most important thing is to be honest with your partner and, uh, communicate with them
1: a hundred percent. And if you find that hard in a monogamous relationship, in an open relationship, there's going to be a lot more talking guys, a lot more talking
0: and a lot more competence.
1: Yeah. You have to have that in yourself. You're saying, right.
0: Yeah, you have to have that in yourself, and she has to have that too. And
1: If you're not secure with your primary partner and you don't communicate regularly, then this probably, you don't even need to take the rest of the quiz. This is not for you, right?
0: True. All right, where are we at now?
1: Number three.
0: Where are we going, Kat?
1: Number three, babes.
0: All right, so number three. Let's go to number three.
1: I love that number. It's so half of an eight-ish. <laughs> okay. Like the way it
0: looks. Yes, yes. Not
1: literally, I do know how to divide.
0: And we'd like to welcome our audience to number three. Is your relationship stable and happy? If you're currently in a monogamous relationship and considering opening it up, make sure that it is solid. In solid relationships, you and your partner love and appreciate each other, feel very close and connected to each other, believe you have a pretty good life together, and have no desire to break up. Trying consensual non-monogamy because you're hoping to save a failing relationship or secretly hoping to get out of one is a recipe for disaster.
1: Definitely. It kind of sounds like having a baby to save a relationship. Just throwing a third person in there and... The wow. hope and a prayer.
0: Yes, that does. I, I see that happen all the time. And uh, we don't need any more humans on the planet. We've already overpopulated.
1: That's his two cents. Those were free. But um, definitely, don't. I mean, don't do this because your dude's like, I'm going to leave you if we don't do this. Don't do it because you feel pressure. Do it because you want to and because you're in a loving, kind, supportive relationship to begin with. If you don't have that then you don't have the basis or the foundation to move forward with something so much more complicated, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that.
1: Number four, how anxiously attached are you? Let's hear it. How well do you do the, how well do the following three statements describe you? I worry that romantic partners won't care about me as much as I care about them. I need a lot of reassurance that I am loved by my partner. I often worry about being abandoned. If these feelings are very typical of you, you most likely possess an anxious attachment style, meaning you are overly sensitive to cues that your partner doesn't care about you and will abandon you. For obvious reasons, this attachment style is not well-suited for open relationships.
0: Okay. So, yep. That's
1: pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much there. Because I... I uh... Uh, you know, I think about that, too, as far as if I were to go into an open relationship.
1: You're kind of anxiously attached occasionally.
0: Well, yeah, I, I might have a tough time. You have to realize that. I think the biggest thing is that they, you know that they are in love with you. Yeah. And that they are connected with you. So you you really have to feel that in your heart.
1: And I think that you're probably going to have to reassure your partner more often in an open relationship, your primary partner, and reassure them that you do love them and be there for them when if, if they need that reassurance, you know? It's like that's going to come up.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so now we're going on to...
1: Number five.
0: Number five. How jealous are you? Which personally, I think jealousy is a wasted wasted form of
1: emotion. energy. It is. And, and it, it often yields the opposite result, first of all. Like, if you're jealous, it often, you are like, where have you been? What are you doing? Let me see your phone. Give me your password. Logging into Facebook. Changing passwords. Messaging girls as if you were the, the boy. All that stuff. Getting mad at the female instead of your partner. Then this obviously isn't for you. It's a road you should not go down. But when you do do that, you're going to get the opposite result. Eventually, you're going to drive your partner to cheat. That's what I think. But um, I do get jealous sometimes. I'm not even going to try to lie here.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with all that. I get jealous, too.
1: It's just the way you I deal just, with I it. I just
0: really try not to, like, I just try to push it away because... Understand
1: it's your emotion, nothing to do with your partner.
0: Exactly. So, let's let's go through this.
1: But maybe to do with your partner, if he's bit you, walk in and they're banging someone else.
0: Uh, that would be a different thing, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So... How jealous are you? That's the question. That's number five. Obviously, the less jealous you are by nature, the easier it is to handle open relationships. It's a common misconception that you need to be completely resistant to jealousy in order to have a success. Excuse me.
1: A sexy and
0: successful. <laughs> sexy and successful open relationship. Most people in open relationships do occasionally experience jealousy, but if you're a particularly jealous person, it may be more trouble than it's worth.
1: Deaf. Deaf. Straight up. How cog Straight up. Straight up. Straight up.
0: All right. Let's do number six.
1: Number six. How cognitively flexible slash tolerant of ambiguity are you? Engaging rules or agreements is a critical component of a successful open relationship. Who, when, how, and where. It's okay for you and your partners to see other people. So you want to establish this before you even go down this road. But these agreements are not entirely black and white, nor are they forever set in stone. Can you absorb a minor transgression because you interpret some part of your rules differently than your partner? Can you remain open to your relationship rules changing over time? Some people find this easier than others. They react to new and ambiguous situations in an open and neutral way. A trait psychologists call tolerance of ambiguity. And they easily adjust their thinking in response to changing goals or situations. A trait psychologists call cognitive flexibility. Other people perceive new and unfamiliar situations as threats. They need certainty and prefer rigid and unchanging rules. The more tolerance of ambiguity and cognitive flexibility you possess... The easier it will be to deal with the fluid nature of consensual, not monogamy. Dang, that was a lot of psychological shit.
0: Yeah, it just sounds uh, complicated. I think I'm just gonna stay monogamous and then just cheat, maybe. (laughs) He's kidding. Yeah, I was kidding.
1: That's hilarious.
0: I know, it was really funny.
1: No, but that, I mean, that speaks for itself. So if you're flexible and you can, you know, roll with the punches and like, the more fluid you are, the more easier you flow.
0: Uh, uh, right? Yeah, well, that, yeah, that actually the sounds like to a go poem. The flow? That sounds like a poem. The more I like fluid it. you is, the easier it is to flow That could be a, lo- a, a Bob flow. Dylan lyric or something.
1: Mm, thanks, I guess. You, <laughs> we n- going to number seven. Our fi- our seventh and final question. All right.
0: Uh, we're at number seven.
1: Yes, it's our final question of the quiz. You wait here, right here, right here.
0: Where is it? Sorry,
1: guys. Saturday morning hangovers. You mean number eight? Yeah, but we because we took seven out. Okay. Eight, such a good number. Let's call it eight. All right, Seven's we're going. Not.
0: Listeners, we're going into number eight.
1: If you take two threes and put them together sexually, you got an eight. Yeah. And the way they look, not addition again.
0: Yeah, that's good. All right, number eight. How well do you regulate your emotions? One thing is for sure, CNM complicates relationships. Both positive and negative emotions are going to get provoked. Some of us deal with emotions in constructive ways. Others are not so good at regulating our emotions. For example, are you good at recognizing and avoiding situational triggers? Can you delay acting until you have calmed down? Or do you allow negative emotions to overpower your thinking and actions leading to violent outbursts or incessant worry?
1: Yeah, I think that that, I mean, violent outbursts or incessant worry, those are two different types of people. Of people, They're going to have the that reaction, but both are not going to be okay in this situation. You have to be in control of your emotions to go into a relationship with more than one person. Think of how emotional a relationship with one person is. Then we're adding two, three. Yeah, that's a lot.
0: Yeah, so uh, you know, there's uh, there's a pr- lot a of, lot of pros and cons.
1: There's a lot of prep work to this. Is, I think there's a lot of um, taking inventory of who you are as a person, and if like you answered these questions in a way to where, yeah, I think that I could do this. We're going to now talk about how to bring it up to your partner.
0: Yeah, that's a tough one.
1: I think that um, maybe in. This is just my theory, is that this is something you should talk about before you even get in a relationship. If, it, if this is what you do and you, or what you're interested in doing, maybe even feel it out before you get in a relationship with someone. But say you're a couple that didn't do this. You've been in a relationship for a while and you're thinking, I maybe want to open this up. Um, we're going to talk about now how you might approach your partner. Yeah. So.
0: There was a really enlightening book that I read. Yeah, um, what's it called? Sex at Dawn. It's called Sex at Dawn, and it goes into the whole ball of wax as far as something like this goes, and it goes into um, uh, being a human and how it used to work, and I won't go too much into detail on it, but it's a really great book, and it was written by uh, a couple. And a polyamorous couple? Yes.
1: And what did they, what's the, the gist?
0: The gist is that we were not born to be with one person.
1: It's not in human nature.
0: No, and so that's what the book kind of goes into. Um,
1: it's so ingrained in us, though, from the time we're little, that you get one partner, you get married.
0: We're we're both like recovering Catholics, by the way. So,
1: so shame and guilt are ingrained part of in, our culture, ingrained in our foundation. Yes, but um, neither of us. Let's just make things clear. I'm spiritual, not religious.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm Buddhist.
1: And if there was a God, it would be a woman, Avi. (laughs)
0: Yes. That is so funny that you say that.
1: I mean, Avi. I
0: mean, come on. Mother Earth. I know. I'm
1: kidding. No, I know you. I know that you agree. So say you're like, oh, in your head, I'm so tired. I like ice cream. I love vanilla ice cream, but all I've been having is vanilla ice cream. I'm so tired of vanilla ice cream. How would I bring up to my partner that I love her ice cream. It's tits. But I want to try maybe strawberry or chocolate ice cream.
0: Yeah. That's that's kind of a thing. So do you have
1: Yeah, so this is not a conversation to be had during sex. Um as with all important conversations. Like right before our orgasm, you don't want to ask for stuff because if they agree to it, it's not really agreeing. Just kidding but this is a conversation to be had more when you know you're both feeling calm and relaxed maybe on a sunday afternoon sure yeah
0: that's a that's always a good time to have a conversation
1: right before orgasm or on sunday afternoon
0: sunday afternoon
1: okay and it's important to be prepared for a negative reaction and it's vital that you listen to your partner's feelings
0: well that's that's a, i think that's the biggest thing so um um, <clears throat> I, I, I will keep reading this, but I think the biggest thing is to bring it up in an honest manner and to understand your partner and
1: be prepared for whatever they say and respect if they and, say and, no
0: and respect that the fact that, that you might have a breakup at that point. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this is not a one-time discussion. It's an ongoing conversation. Absolutely. The first conversation of the many that are required to make non-monogamy or any other type of relationship work doesn't even need to be specifically about your relationship. That's a good point. Asking, let's see, uh, what do you think about monogamy? Or have you ever met someone who's non-monogamous? Once you start discussing this stuff, the the specifics about what non-monogamy might look like in your relationship... It will help you greatly. I don't know. Uh, later on. The now. ladder down the line, later down the line, I should say. Later and ladder. Yes. Yes. L- ladder would work Yeah, l-
1: later and ladder down the line.
0: Yeah. Is to talk about the worst case scenario, you know, be like, hi- hypothetical. Like, about what's the, the worst thing.
1: thing that could happen if we did this? Yeah. That is such a good point.
0: You know, if you discuss this stuff and, you know, you're uncomfortable to, between yourself. If that, to me, is a sign that, you know, they should work on building a stronger bond together.
1: Those uh, are all think. such good points. Yeah. I mean, if the, the, I think the idea of a worst-case scenario is great. And you need, you need to be able to talk about rules and comfort levels and talk about why this is of interest to you as a couple. A couple needs to be able to handle the hypothetical results of non-monogamy. Before they jump into the actual action. So what would you, your, worst, your worst case scenario be?
0: Well, if I was...
1: If you're having this conversation with your lady.
0: Uh, that we break up. If I really do love her and she is my partner yeah. and this freaks her out, uh, I would say that would be the worst case scenario. My
1: worst case scenario, I think, at this moment, if I was in a relationship and I had this conversation, would be my worst case scenario would be that my partner falls in love with someone else. Like we go down this road and we agree that we're just going to take on um, partners for sex and then they end up falling in love with somebody else.
0: I would say that would be a big fear of mine as yeah. well. It yeah. becomes complicated. It is. You know, the communication, everything. I guess you have to know that you truly do love this person. Yeah. Um, and, and they love you back in and, that respect.
1: And that this is your primary relationship. Yes. Your primary partner, which... Um,
0: that you you would never, you, yeah, you just, that's the tough thing.
1: So you have this conversation with your partner and you guys both feel like you're on board. I think the next most important thing would be to set, lay, lay down some rules. Yep. Like we said, this isn't all fun and games. This is more complicated than a monogamous relationship.
0: There's going to have to be some safe words. And rules. I use porcupine.
1: That's such a good one, but I... If we want to get into this, which is you know probably more of our BDSM show, red, yellow, and green are the easiest and safest safe words. So stop, yield. And how down. long
0: have you? Oh, so so red is stop. We're, we're
1: going off topic here. Okay, let's we are.
0: <laughs> okay, let's keep going
1: for another show. So let's talk about some of the rules. Okay, yeah, let's do it. So you're still on board. You go through all this. You're like you and your partner are feeling it. Let's talk about some of the rules you might lay down in order to have a successful, non-monogamous relationship.
0: All right. So, all right. We're going to talk about uh, transparency. This uh, sounds important. Even though truth can be hard and challenging, we really need to be transparent with the facts. Tell each other how many lovers you have, how often you see them, etc. Some partners might even want to know every juicy detail. If they ask, tell them. If they don't ask about it, just let them know what they need to know in order to keep the transparency.
1: Awesome! I think that's a great idea. I would not want to know the juicy details.
0: I would not. I would not want to know the other person necessarily. No way. Yeah. This is this is so complicated. It's like
1: it was Robbie the gardener. He pulled my hair really hard. No. Yeah. Just, but I do want to know. And I was if, like,
0: what? Not the pool guy, the gardener.
1: Yeah, the gardener, Robbie with the ponytail. But anyway, I I do agree that this has to be discussed, the level of transparency that you want, and I would want to know every time that it was happening before and after. But that's just me.
0: Uh, Yeah, but no, yeah, no. I don't want details. Please, no.
1: Communication. Don't exaggerate with sexy details. It might trigger your partner's self-esteem. Be discreet. Honest and with lots of empathy towards your partner. Talk about both of your sexual partners and your concerns. Also, see this one I don't agree with. Also arrange a meeting together. Two women who sleep with the same man might become enemies, especially if they don't know each other. They will start projecting things onto each other. Or when done right, they can become sisters for a lifetime. Nope, not for me. But I definitely believe that some people would say, yeah, I want to meet that person and know them. And that way... That's like a whole nother level for me, though. That's like extra. I can't even think about that. Like, yeah. hey, sissy.
0: I think, um, yeah, I would have to say if uh, I have a partner and um, it's some huge guy and he comes over for dinner and and um, I don't know. I, I would have a tough time with that yeah, one. Yeah,
1: yeah. But communication, of course, is always key. I think that should be number one, actually.
0: Yeah, that's important talked about?
1: Numero tres.
0: All right. I speak N- Spanish too. Ah, si. Gracias. So, test and prepare. Okay, this is number three. Test and prepare. Jumping from a monogamous exclusive relationship into an open relationship can be challenging and can be sometimes even lead to break up. Be Ooh. easy on yourself. Go slowly and gently. Test the waters first in order to understand how strong you and your partner are on a psychological level talk about everything which comes up are you excited for each other or is there jealousy in the air you might want to start with the sexual experience including a third party e.g a threesome that sounds
1: logical i think that that's a does good it? really yeah like i think that's a good step and if you if you're jealous in that situation stop red don't go forward
0: okay uh, yeah. yeah. all right i like i like
1: I like my threesomes, two girls, and a guy, though.
0: Yeah, that would be my thing. I've just never had that yeah. before. But You'd that's going to gonna have to happen, to happen at some best. point. Yes. Second best. Yes.
1: All okay. Right. Let's go number this four. This one I love. Avoid mutual friends as partners. And absolutely no go with this one. I would not be cool with this at all. Or my sister. Unless you both agree to it. It can be very challenging to involve someone who is close to both of you. Unless you are very experienced in this field, maybe try a threesome if you really need to sleep with your friend, which why would you? There's so many fish in the sea. Um, it's very inclusive and creates a trustful atmosphere. I just say.
0: I, I will say. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you say. Well, I would say um, what I do like about friends is that I trust them.
1: But and a mutual I- friend of you and your partner. You would be yeah, down with that. Yeah, you could then, handle that. Yeah,
0: I would, I would trust that.
1: Okay. And Everybody's I don't different. want
0: just some random person that I found at the club, you know?
1: Um, I think there's a middle ground here. It doesn't have to be random person at club or girlfriend's best friend. I what think. is
0: it? Like Tinder or
1: no, what it are could the websites?
0: Be... Match.com? No. I don't know.
1: It could be someone that's like your lady's friend but not your friend. Okay. I say no. He says yes to you, this. See, uh, yeah, every, I would say yes.
0: Different. I would say yes to that because I think um, it's important different. to trust someone and to have that trust and to have that understanding that you know them and you can talk to them and say, "Hey, this is just a thing."
1: This I is think not. Since my biggest fear is the emotional attachment that my partner would have with someone else, I would. This is why these are, topics are so important to discuss because we differ on this subject. Like I'm a, I'm a straight up, no way a mutual friend and he likes that idea. So everybody's different. I
0: just, yeah. And I'm not about,
1: and and, and not
0: that you are, but I'm not about sleeping around. I'm just not, not that guy. What are you trying to say? I'm not saying anything about you because I know you're not that type of person, but for me, I like to, um, pony up with your friends, know someone and have, you know, like a, emotional a an connection. emotional connection with them. Um, and yeah, then that, to me, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So moving on to number.
0: All right. We're moving on to five. Um, to five.
1: Love uh, or sex? Love or sex?
0: Love or sex. Sex and love. That should be a song.
1: Yeah, just sex.
0: Please. Okay. <laughs> we got to write that one. All right. Talk um, to your main partner about this topic. Do you just. Meet your dates for sex, or are you allowed to go emotionally deeper? Deeper. Women...
1: Sorry, I couldn't This is a
0: good question, actually. Deeper. Women often tend to fall in love with the person they sleep with. Be clear how far each one of... You can go. You can go, yeah. And also be aware. Those things can get out of control, and I would yeah. say that is definitely a good yeah. uh, thing of advice. You
1: can't love this person. That's so hard. Like, you can't emotionally connect. Well, w- just women,
0: do you agree with that comment?
1: No. I mean, uh, I don't I, – I think everybody's – again, every person's different, and I definitely have been at points in my life where I can just shut down the emotion and just be – like, for two years after my – the longest relationship I've ever had was 12 years, and – For like two years after we broke up, I was just not having it emotionally with anyone, but I was getting it sexually. I just was not. So I think that I can regulate my emotions if I go into something thinking, this is this. Especially if I care about my primary partner, I think that I could be able to, I trust that I could sleep with someone and not get emotionally attached, but I don't know that I would trust my partner. I would worry about that.
0: You, you'd you worry about your partner?
1: Getting emotionally attached to the person they're sleeping with.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I would say that, too.
1: But I think that I could definitely sleep with someone without falling in love with them. I've it, done obviously, it.
0: Obviously, you know, during this whole conversation, you would have to really trust and know that your partner loves you and you love yeah, them. Yeah, and
1: constantly reassure them. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which is, it? that's complicated.
1: It is complicated. So um, you want to be discreet about the whole thing, sharing with everyone how many... We're on,
0: by the way, we're on number six.
1: Which is a round number. Looks like an eight, too, with like a little piece missing. I'm obsessed with eights. It's weird. Okay, so you don't want to share with everybody about how many dates besides your dude you've been on. Like your dude, your main primary guy, your your one and only, your love of your life. You don't want to go around to your girlfriends and be like, oh... I saw this dude this dying and this dude this dying. No, you don't want to do that. That's disrespectful to your partner. Keep your secrets with you. You can maybe share it with your closest friend who you, understands you, knows what's going on in your relationship, and respects you and your partner. But this kind of relationship is not for everyone, and it might push buttons in other people. You don't want to be embarrassment for you or especially your partner, nor do you want to challenge your family and friends too much. You don't know how they feel about this. You don't want to be like grandma. So I've been sleeping with three other dudes besides John and I'm think I like the second grandma's not going to always be happy about this. Grandma might not even understand and it's disrespectful to your partner.
0: Okay, that is I have nothing to say about that because that because is Because you don't
1: gossip anyway.
0: Um no. Right. No. No. You keep it straight on voicemail. Maybe uh, you keep your passwords locked on your phone.
1: No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm. You, you just don't want to be talking.
0: I know. I was kidding.
1: Yeah, I I believe that you were kidding.
0: That was a joke.
1: Do you keep your phone locked around your partner?
0: Uh, I I don't have a partner now.
1: <laughs> if you usually, typically in relationships,
0: no, no, no. They would have the password.
1: So stupid there's n- though. there's that's nothing so for me stupid. to hide. And, but it's also so stupid. If you're tripping about messages on your man's phone, you, this is not, obviously not the way to go. So. Yeah,
0: if, if there's someone that is that... Um
1: insecure
0: insecure and they need to look into your phone and all that kind of stuff then obviously that is probably not the person you need to be with it's
1: in it's general like, hey
0: here's my password not even go ahead pers- not look even at my phone person. anytime you want absolutely and then they start doing it it's like whoa
1: we're not even saying don't be in an open relationship with this person we're saying ditch this person now if they need to be looking in your phone we're going off topic again but no
0: yeah we went off topic
1: Number seven. No,
0: number seven. All right, number seven. Okay, what we have to do, we have to set clear rules. Like basically define together. Um, <clears throat> God. Define, My, together, yes. define together.
1: Define together. <laughs> define together.
0: Define together what you like and what you don't like. As mentioned above, is a sleepover? Is it a sleepover or not? I mean, that's is a it good a, question. Can,
1: I or stay the night with at his house.
0: Yeah. Or what else might be a concern? Talk honestly and frankly about every detail. The more you both are on the same page, the more harmony this lifestyle will create.
1: And I love harmony. It's not only a great word, but it's Harmony. Just like, let's do it. Harmony a horrible example of harmony. Harmony Oh my God. Sorry, people. Okay. But our harmonious house is a happy house, so I mean just be clear. Be honest, and I think that communicate often, and I the rule setting will all fall in place.
0: That's that's maybe honestly one of the tougher things. Like we're at, at number seven, and that is, you know, that's a tough. I don't know. This whole thing just sounds complicated. It so, does.
1: It's more complicated than people think. It really is. But that's important to know. Now we're on number eight, my favorite number. Okay, go ahead. And I love this. I think this should, should be number one. Always protect. That's, of course, clear. You don't want to spread stupid STDs around, do you? Be protected and test yourself on a regular basis. Outside of your primary relationship, wrap it up. Lock it down. Don't be spreading shit out there.
0: That's uh, Motherfuckers. That's really good advice. Effort, Especially here. getting tested. That's important.
1: First and foremost wrap it up.
0: Nah, just get tested.
1: He's kidding. Outside your primary relationship, don't have sex without condoms ever. Okay. Ever.
0: All right. Fine. We I'll, are I'll
1: firmly start on this one.
0: I'll fine, I'll start doing that.
1: You don't even he's never he, <laughs> we digress. Number nine.
0: <laughs> okay. This is a good one too. Okay, number nine. Um, your main partner comes first. That's a good one. Your no main partner what? comes first. This is this is kind of the thing with this whole um, podcast that we're talking about is that your main partner comes first. That's, That's why they're called main, right? Yes. No matter what, your main partner is first in any plans, events, or situation. That stabilizes your relationship and brings security into the picture.
1: So I wouldn't want to be like, baby, I have a date, and they're like, it's my birthday, and you're like, too bad? Exactly. Okay.
0: This is mainly valid for an open relationship. It is. It comes with, to polyamory, having two or more than four more partners.
1: It, that's we, a different we, we, we story. We
0: already know that.
1: Subs, main, that sounds way too complicated That is me. a different
0: story. The development of unconditional love in a polyamorous relationship is absolutely necessary. It needs a very strong personality and the strong belief in abundant love. Yeah. To deal with main partners. Yeah, I think that
1: that's just like you have to understand that love is not a box that gets filled up. And once the box is filled, then there's no more room for more love. I think in that, like that is like too grandiose for me. Like I could never do that. Like love, I I could never, I can't say never, but right now that's too far of a goal. But um, yeah, love is limitless. With one candle, you can light a thousand, something like that.
0: Yeah, I like that saying. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. All right, we're going to 10.
1: Good scheduling. I don't know how important this is. It's probably why it's number 10.
0: But
1: <laughs> the last point.
0: Yeah, good Good scheduling. Really, this is so not sexy.
1: But, you know, it does. It You do ensure that way that you don't um, schedule two dates in one night and stuff. So, you know, get a calendar, a day planner, or just use <laughs> your phone. <laughs> anyway, I know that this has been a lot to digest. It has for us just researching it and stuff, but... I hope that it's made things a little bit clearer to you guys about what consensual non-monogamy is. And mostly, don't cheat and wrap it up. That's what I say. Wrap it up and don't cheat.
0: I would say wrap it up, too. Yeah. That's important.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: And get tested.
1: Yeah. Regularly. Regularly.
0: We're only at 41 minutes. Do you want to read the rest of Good Scheduling? No. No?
1: I didn't even like that one to begin with. Okay. I think this is where we end for today.
0: Okay. So, um, I think we both want to thank all of our listeners. Always. Always. Uh, today,
1: so this is the first episode of our podcast, and bear with us. More yeah. good things to come.
0: It's it's gonna get better. It always
1: does, right? <laughs> the first time's never perfect.
0: And I'm Defuse, and I'm Cat, and thank you so much for listening to our show.
1: Love you.